Welcome back. Another episode of 3 Up, 3 Down. Finally about to enter the week of September, and this week uh, here on, I believe Wednesday is the first, maybe Thursday? Uh, Thursday is the first. Uh, but things are things are heating up in these races. The wildcard um, races are really tarting, starting to take form. They're kind of showing their importance. Um so it's exciting stuff. It's it's going to be a fun race towards the end of uh, end of September and first week of of October. Um, but as we always do, we got to check in with our our co-host Alex. See how he's doing. How's how's the world? Life is good, man. Enjoying the last bit of summer, you know. But the White Sox kind of just I don't know. I feel like as a fan base, we've lost hope, which is. Honestly, in some ways, a little bit relieving because it's, it's not daily letdown. So now, you know, I'm having fun golfing, hanging out, staying outside. Life is good. Yeah. How have you been? Not not too bad, as you mentioned. I think uh, White Sox fans have kind of have written the script off at this point. Um, and... Diver, de, uh, deservingly so, as the team has just underperformed, especially here in the month of August, uh, not winning ball games that they needed to. So, uh, I'm sure that will be a part of somebody's icy hot tonight. Um, do you want to lead us off, or would you like me to go first? I don't care. Yeah, I'll lead us off and take us away. All right, I'm gonna start with my hot because in a weekend of, of horrible baseball from the White Sox. This was something I was very happy to see, and it's something we talked about last week, um, but a good follow-up to it. So last week we talked about Cy Young races, and what does big Sandy Alcantara do on the weekend? Complete game, one run, 10 strikeouts against the Dodgers. That's just huge. I mean, uh, he was coming off a bad start against the Dodgers, right? And I think people, like really his, like, I don't know, he's had a couple bad starts, or less than great starts this month, and I think people were like, oh, it's starting to slip, he's got a tough schedule coming up. What does he do? Saturday game, just shoves, and shoves against one of the best teams, and they win the game too. I think that is a huge case for him, not only because it's like, yeah, I can hang with the big boys, but also, like, this guy just won you a game, like, against the best team. A team, like, the, the Marlins are not good, the Dodgers are good. We all know that. This was just a dominant performance, and I think he asserted himself as the Cy Young. And... Yeah, there's still time to go, but unless something drastic changes, he he's probably locked that up. And you'd love to see a guy who goes in and finishes it strong. I think oftentimes you see the especially the pitchers, it's a hard season to like it's hard to throw like, I think he's gonna throw like two hundred thirty to forty innings this year. Hard to keep up quality top level performances. Finishing out the year strong is just what you wanna see. Uh it's how you want people to win these awards. So good for Sandy, big performance. Um and, yeah, I, I think he should be excited. Marlins fans should be excited. Baseball fans should be excited. It's cool. So, good for Sandy. He's hot. That's my hot. I like the pick. The guy's been uh, really a standout in the NL this year. Uh, someone who's been talked about being an elite pitcher, um, at least having the talent, hasn't really pieced it together until this season. Um, as you talked about, this bounce-back performance, believe it or not, has increased his odds to minus 625. And since we last talked last episode, 
he was at what was the odds? So it's actually it's gone down a little bit. He was at minus seven hundred, uh, so he has not increased his odds, but um, he is still the heavy favorite with Corbin Burns um, now being the clo- or well still being the close second, uh, but he has dropped off to plus fifteen hundred. Um, so we'll see what happens there. I think Sandy, um, like you said, has been very consistent. He needed to show that he could bounce back. He did it, fortunately enough, against the same team that beat up on him pretty badly, um, throwing a 111-pitch complete game, allowing one run. It, it's just the stuff that's has led to his success this year, um, and you love to see it, especially for the Marlins. That's kind of been um, another mediocre season that you've, you've seemed to expect from the Miami Marlins. Yeah, and just like on the mediocre season part, I think one thing that I really do like about baseball is, and this is true in all sports, but there's there's uh, there's a lot of value in just like statistical like brilliance, and I I know with Shohei now entering the MVP discussion on a yearly basis, and it's always been there, but I think the the conversation of being on a winning team has has been elevated because people want to see those like so-called meaningful games, you know, and, and, and there's value to that. But you got to respect a guy, and I think it's fun when a small team, small market, has a guy who's playing like this and puts attention on the team, and it's a sign of hope. So uh, I think, yeah, Marlins fans should be incredibly excited. Everyone else should be too. It's a fun storyline. It gives you a reason to watch the Marlins. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I'm happy for the guy. Yeah, absolutely. Good, uh, good hot. All right, so for my icy, and this one hurts. We alluded to it already. If you follow baseball, it's been coming, but uh, I think it's finally come. And it's a two-parter because I think there's an AL and NL equivalent here. One probably hurts a little bit more, so we're going to go with the Chicago White Sox. Get swept by the Diamondbacks over the weekend. And that was coming off losing two of three in Baltimore, which included a dropped final out, which led to a game-tying home run. And just maybe one of the biggest meltdowns you can imagine. And then on the NL side, we're going to go with the Giants, a team that I think a lot of people expected maybe a little bit of regression because last year they were getting contributions from, like, the 2010 Giants. And I I don't know if everyone thought it was sustainable, but this idea of them reviving old starters and getting these, like, performances from platoons was enticing. And they go sign Carlos Rodon, sign Jock Peterson. Like, there's hope. And they were close last week. They were within three to four games of the wild card. They have a tough week. They're out of it. Seven and a half games back of the wild card. It looks like their season is done. Uh, yeah, it's 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 that time of the year where teams do drop out. For the Giants and stuff, I like seeing the Giants in the playoffs. I think, like, Oracle Park, I think it's called now. Uh, it, it, like everyone knows it's one of the best stadiums of baseball, and it has a great playoff baseball environment. I think people really enjoy watching baseball there. And uh, that doesn't mean just in person, too. That's, like, like on TV. But they're out. Tough to see. I would have loved to see them and Rodon get in the playoffs. But kind of seemed like it was inevitable after a big performance last year. And then for the White Sox, I mean, this is just probably the disaster of the MLB season. And probably one of the biggest disasters of, like, the last couple of years, when you look at the talent and performance, I mean, it just doesn't match up. Yes, they've had a ton of injuries, but that's something that goes like 
It's something that your organization needs to be better at taking care of. They rest players on a constant basis, and they can't keep them from getting injured. And yeah, some of that may be the players that they have, but some of that is also Tony La Russa pitching Michael Kopech after he is clearly injured pregame and is five miles an hour less on the fastball. Like It was obvious he was injured, and let him pitch an inning. It blew up the game, so the game, they were de- then at a four-run deficit, and Kopech gets hurt. Um, that's tough. Luis Robert is swinging a bat with one hand at this point. Uh, clearly obvious to everyone who watches the games that he's injured, but he's been getting put back out there and, and had to miss the weekend series because of that. So I, I don't know. To see a team like the White Sox with an incredible amount of talent, one of the World Series favorites this year, I know there were skeptics, and, and obviously rightfully so, but just, I, I don't know, tough to see them under five hundred at the end of August. That's shocking. It doesn't. It almost doesn't matter the injuries. Like I know injuries matter a ton, but like look at the Dodgers. They have ways to make their team play well when their stars are out there. And it's not like the White Sox haven't had guys. Their leading home run hitter is going to be a Bray with fourteen. That's terrible. That's just you can't win anything with that. So I, I think this is a long time coming. Yeah, they I, five games back. They have a couple series with the Guardians. There's a chance. Uh, hopes are not there though. So. Yeah, those are the two ices for the week. I think dropping out of the playoffs and just disappointing seasons overall. It's, um, you know, it, it, <laughs> I'm, I'm boiled up with it, so I'm going to start with the Giants. Um, a team that lost, you know, yes, Chris Bryant uh, to the Rockies due to free agency. Um, lost, uh, what's, the, what's the catcher's name? Oh, uh, Buster, Buster Posey to retirement. Uh, but you've seen a regression with uh, your Shemsky and you're leading, you know, in terms of you're leading in average and RBIs has been Wilmer Flores. And it's not a knock on Wilmer Flores, but that just, it's, <clears throat> that's not a team that's built for success when, you know, Wilmer Flores is your top producing guy, um, especially when you have people like Josh Peterson, Jock Peterson, Joey Bart, um, Yastrzemski, like we said, who looked like he was breaking into his own um, a few seasons ago, and um, it, it it has been it's been it's been sketchy baseball from the Giants pretty much all season. You kind of beg to ask the question: Do you wish they were sellers at the deadline? Um, they were talked about being the sellers. They kept on to Jock Peterson. They kept Carlos Rodon. Uh, both both guys that people thought would uh, would be moved. Um, and the Giants felt like they could still be competitive in that playoff race. It's it's proven they haven't been. They are out. Um, I think we can both agree on that. Their playoff percentages, um, I think it was like one or two, maybe three percent, if I if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it, 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 sorry, correction, point oh point eight percent of a chance for the for San Francisco to find themselves in postseason baseball. So uh, the Giants, uh, yes, they're. You know, Sorry, it just didn't happen. Um, and then, most disappointing, you know, it's been pathetic. The White Sox have uh, they, they they've fallen below 500, and we're still talking about them potentially being in the postseason. Um, they've got series another series with Cleveland. They've got another series with Minnesota, um, but it's a little too late. You know, it, it, they didn't turn it on. Um, injuries, managerial question marks. Um, question marks throughout the roster, question marks throughout the front office with bringing in um, pieces that just didn't fill in the holes that were necessary to help this team and underperforming stars that are being 
uh, expected of and, and just didn't live up to their performances. So um, I will retouch on Tony LaRusa. I don't want to dig too much into it because we will talk about that a little bit later in the episode. Uh, but I do think that is a solid icy hot from you this week. Anything else you want to add on, on the Giants and the Sox? No, not really. I mean, Giants, you might have expected it. White Sox, just kind of a joke. They are the joke of the MLB, and they deserve to be, so that's where we're at. Oh, and it, it's just infuriating, especially being two White Sox fans, diehard White Sox fans. It's been you know kind of the most exciting thing uh, we've seen in the last two years, at least through COVID, uh, being out of the sports teams that I think we both follow. Uh, weird enough, Alex is a Detroit Lions, Detroit Red Wings fan. Um, me being all Chicago, it, it, it's been the most successful the city has been besides the WNBA um, Chicago Sky, which hopefully they can pull it out against the Connecticut Sun, I think. I, I can't remember what the Connecticut's team is. But, uh, uh, you know, it, it was very exciting, and, and to see this team kind of flop this year, it sucks. It's what Minnesota did last year. Uh, and it's really been the reality of this season. It's it's a team that's just underperformed, and, and we'll see what happens come come off season. Um, but moving on, moving on, um, I'll start with the icy, and it, it's a weird one. And uh, I think I texted Alex what I was doing, and he was like, "Okay, um, I don't understand it quite yet, but hopefully we'll make him understand it by d- digging a little deeper into it." Um, the man hit his uh, I think seven hundred and ninety fourth home run tonight. So he's six shy of the 700 mark. He's been a legend. Uh, he is retiring at the end of the season. He's back home where it all started in St. Louis. And I'm talking about Albert Pujols. And the icy pick of it is the opinion of that he will not he will not get to 700 career home runs before the end of the season. Uh, this is also on a on a part on a mark where he's hit, I believe, seven home runs this month. So a very solid mark from Pujols. Um, as he's wrapping it up, I believe he uh, homered in a 12-something lead over in Wrigley versus the Cubs today. Uh, unfortunately, that uh, I, I just don't see it happening. You know, Yes, the Cardinals are wrapping up the NL Central. Um, I believe they have a 6.5 game lead. This will maybe make it 7. I don't know how the Brewers did tonight. Uh, but they look to be wrapping that up, and you would expect that pool host would get some more at bats because they're you know starting to rest um goldschmidt who plays first if pool host is going to play in the field which i don't think he does really much anymore um otherwise with the addition of the dh uh you would expect that st louis tries to to get um albert as many at bats as they can in that dh role it just would be in later roles of the lineup which would be expected for where he is at his career um but like i said i, I just don't see it happening this year he's at 14 home runs on the year um, he needs another six, like I said. That would bring him to a year total of 20 um, and a career mark of 700. We'll see. St. Louis is looking to make a deep playoff run. Um, and depending on how many games they play, maybe it can happen. But I think Pujols needs to be at the six, uh, 698, 699 rank margin if that's going to happen in the playoffs. Because it's it, the only at-bats I see that... Um, will happen for Pujols is unless he dominated this guy in a matchup matchup um, category. Otherwise, I, I see it only being pitch hitting situations um, in in late game spots. In which uh, I'm not saying Pujols can't live up to the clutch, uh, but I just don't see him hitting another seven home runs, six home runs technically in the month of September. 
um, as it colds up, as it will get colder in the Midwest, there will be some chilly days potentially in the future. Um, and then as we get to October, it will be cold as they will play postseason ball in St. Louis. So I see this week, Albert Pujols doesn't get to 700 home runs. Yeah. So I, I like the pick. Um, you kind of have me in a combative mood, though, because I, I think, like almost all baseball fans, we want to see Albert Albert get to 700. And I mean, I, I think everybody is dreaming of the playoff 700th homer. Um, I don't care if it happens in playoffs or not. I want him to get to 700. And if he doesn't, he should come back. They should do like remember that they had that moody movie with like Bernie Mac about where he comes back to get his like three hits. That needs to happen. I mean, I'm sorry, this guy can't. He's too good and too close to not do this. Even if it's next year, I know he's retiring, but, like, come on. Give him, like, a 10-day contract. I know that's NBA, but still. Um, but things, uh, signs of optimism that I'll give you, and this is why I think it will happen, and this is where I'm going to debate you a bit. They got two more games in Cincinnati. He's got to be starting both of these. If you're the Cardinals, he starts both, and he's going to hit one. It's Cincinnati, Hitters Park, bad pitching, I assume. Then... You got Cubs. Like, look at these series. He goes from Cincinnati to play the Cubs. Then the, the Nationals. Then the Pirates. Those are all home run ability. Like, I don't care what park. The pitching's not that good. Then he's got another five with Cincinnati. Then he's got another six with Pittsburgh to end the year. I'm just saying, there are opportunities on the table for Pujols to mash. The other thing I'll say, Pujols needs to be in this lineup. He's hitting 280 with power. He is good enough to be play, to be starting for this team. And I was a universal DH hater, but this storyline has made it worth it already. This is allowing Pujols to be out there on a team with Goldschmidt to return home. And this is what we want to see. We want to see the best hitters out there. For a while, I was like, no, it's fun to watch the pitchers hit. And I agree with that still. But the fact that we get to see Pujols end his career like this, which would not have happened had, this not been, had the universal DH not come in, Fantastic. I think he does it. I think they got to keep playing him. They pinch hit him tonight, which just bothers me. It's like you're up eight runs. Let the guy hit. Who cares? You don't need to give somebody another at bat. That's not changing this season. He still hit a home run. I, I know. They the, the pinch hit him out of the game. I was like, just let him keep hitting. Who cares? Let him get these garbage pitches. It is just about hitting home runs. Cardinals, you're looking great. The vibes are going to be even higher when he hits the 700. Keep it going. Pujols, keep doing your thing. Everybody's loving this. One of the best storylines of the year. Excited to see it. Excited to see him in the playoffs. And I think the Cardinals are like, they are becoming and probably just are the field good team of the NL. I know some people hate the Cardinals, but I don't care. I'm an AL fan. I'm about it. Let's see it, Albert. It's it's not that I don't want it to happen. I'm not saying I know, it, I know. that. I, I just don't think it will. Um, and that's all I think. You know, they're still looking at a wild card situation where they will play San Diego at this moment. Um, I don't know if they will, will be able to boost their chances. Um, if if so, it would be by playing. Actually, no, I don't think they can. They can get to where uh, where the Mets at. They'll get the last have to, wild card, which is the, yeah. Well, the, yeah, I, they, I don't think they can catch the Mets for that other yeah, buy. I don't think um, so. Either. So it'll be interesting to see. I don't see him getting a ton of bats in that Padres series if it comes down to it. Um, okay, you do I think have he a does, good point. Though. I think he does. We'll see. He's hitting we'll see. I, I, power. Like you, you have to pitch hit him at. Like he's worth pitch hitting, not for the vibes, for how good he is right now. 
I, I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. But I do think there will be a tail off. You know, I think the fact that he's he's been only hitting uh, really of late is a great sign. Uh, but I'm telling you, and that's why it was my icy because I know it's an unpopular opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah. I'm gonna talk. I'll, uh, I'll toss in a, a little bonus icy for you. A little ice cube. Uh, the Angels. They must have shaved ten homers off his career for sure, just by doing something dumb. Oh, easily, easily by sitting him when they sucked. Whatever it was, uh, the Angels ruined careers. Uh, well, not with some people, but I, I think he would have. He'd be there by now if he just stayed. But that's like. <laughs> Uh, moving on, moving on to the hot. Um, this is going to be – it's a Cardinals-heavy segment for me. And as Alex uh, kind of took a guy that was in the NL Cy Young race, I'm going to take the guy that's going to win the NL MVP and could potentially, potentially with some rare feet, feet win the Triple Crown as he leads the league in RBIs and average and is just two home runs short of Kyle Schwarber for the lead in NL. Um, it would be pretty damn exciting to see Goldschmidt do it. Uh, a guy who seemed to revitalize himself again after leaving Arizona and, and finally establishing himself uh, with a competitive team that wants to play, play playoff ball uh, with the Cardinals. And he's doing it with his teammate, Nolan Arenado, who's also been basically an MVP candidate. Uh, he's a guy who's been batting, I think, plus 1,000. or he's been His OPS has been plus one. 1.0 um, in I think three straight or three months this season, which is ridiculous. Uh, but Nolan uh, um, is not the spotlight here. It's Paul Goldschmidt. The guy is, uh, has 33 home runs on the season, hitting 3.38 as an average with a 4.21 OPB, 6.29 slugging, and an OPS of 1.051. Um, like I said, he is the heavy favorite for the NL MVP. I think he is going to be a key contributor if. Pod, or if the Cardinals are able to get past the Padres in this current time, that's what the matchup looks like. Um, so that's what I'm going to base it off of. Um, if they are able to get past them, I think they would meet up with the Mets in that next round is I think how it would break down. Uh, so that would be another tough match, but I think that would be a really fun matchup. Um, and I do think Paul Goldschmidt is, is key, if not the man that needs to lead St. Louis on a deep run in the playoffs. So Paul Goldschmidt he is my hot for the week. Yeah, I mean, I love it. I think can't get enough Goldie right now. A guy who's been just a classy hitter forever and having his best season to date. Uh, we brought it up last week. He's got, like, something, I don't know the exact numbers, but, like, 105 RBIs, 95 runs. He's on pace for, like, a 2 or, like, I don't know, 1.8, 1.9. So almost two runs or RBIs a game. Like That's just contributions. I saw a stat the other day. I, was, I don't know why I was watching the Cardinals, but I was. And it was showing they're one of the best first-inning run teams in the league. And when you look at Arenado and Goldschmidt, if somebody gets on base, they're probably scoring in the first. That's just like, That breaks games open. You never like when your starter comes out and has to face these two. It's just difficult. It's just difficult, and... The fact that these guys are just consistently dominant. You look at the rest of the Cardinals lineup, and you're like, yeah, there's a bunch of solid players. They're kind of all-rounders. Like, some of them can field. Some of them are batting for average. But, like, without Goldschmidt, this team is nowhere near the playoffs. They're not even sniffing it. It's not a debate. I love this dude. 
it, I don't know if this is a fair point, but I think sometimes like when a hitter has like such a classy approach, like Goldie just takes the ball where he gets it, hits for power, does everything. I feel like he's a good guy because of that. I don't know if he's a good guy. Like I have no reason to believe he's not, but I also have no knowledge of who he is as a person. But I assume he is because the way he hits baseballs. It's beautiful, it's classy, it's professional, and with obviously an immense amount of talent. So Goldie, good for you. Fun little story on Goldschmidt. My introduction to him came in high school, and it was his breakout year. And the reason I knew him, I used to hate Goldschmidt because one of my friends, we needed one more for a fantasy baseball league, and this kid who knew nothing about baseball decided, yeah, why not? Auto-drafted his team, got Goldie in the eighth round, he had a monster season that we're now accustomed to. And he just never he never has lived this down. He doesn't watch baseball, doesn't care about baseball, but he won the league because Goldie just carried him. And, you know, that's what it is. But now I think my narrative's changing on Goldie because I've grown past that. I'm still a little bit salty, but I'm happy for him. Uh, yeah, no, it, it's been uh, it's been very impressive what he's done for the Cardinals this season. He's got a batting war of seven point one, um, crazy stuff, and definitely uh, um, I, I, I think he's he is going to be that NL MVP. Uh, so does Vegas. But uh, yeah, so that, that that wraps up Icy Hot. Brought to you by Icy Hot. Sponsor us. That's all I'm going to give you, Icy Hot, this week because uh, uh, you need to sponsor us. That's, that's basically it. So easy. Give us a shout out. Hit the DMs. We're out there. I see hot. We're out there. Moving on. Moving on to uh, around the horn. Brought to you by Crack One Media. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Crack One, um, for the platform they give us to bring you three up, three down. Um, so thank you for that. And jumping right into it, Rick is not here, obviously, with us this week, but he did give us his picks um, quickly. The standings. Everyone went, went two and one. Except Alex, of course, who was talking his game, thinking he was back in the races. Uh, he took a little bit of a step in the backwards direction. He's still above 500, but he sits at 14 and 13. And then Rick sits at 15 and 12. And then your boy, seven games above 500, 17 and 10. Um, so that's what the standings look like heading into this week. Um, some of the picks are earlier in the week. Some of the picks are later. Um... Uh, so let's start with Rick himself. Rick submitted this week the game on Thursday between the L.A. Dodgers and New York Mets. He has the Dodgers winning that game. Quickly, I want to bring up uh, if there are a pitching stat. Uh, yes, yeah, so it would be Chris Bassett for the uh, Mets, who's 11-7, and going against Dustin May for the Dodgers, who will be making his third start returning from injury should be interesting to see what happens there Dustin has been incredible since he has come back he's lost one game 1-1 one, one, um, pitched an ERA of 164 yes and only two starts uh, but has still been impressive uh, nonetheless so that's I'm going uh, I'm going where am I going I'm going with the Dodgers Wait, just I, you know I think quickly here before this I think I think we may have a, a chain this a a chance. I'm seeing this now. A chance for a change in the starting pitcher on Thursday uh, for the Dodgers. It will either be Dustin May or the big man himself, Clayton Kershaw, returning from injury. 
Yeah, I would t- I would tell you uh, that that doesn't change my opinion. I think that won't change Ricks as well. Um, I like both guys. I think they're both solid arms. Uh, we will talk about that rotation as as we get a little bit more into it. Uh, but uh, I, I think the pick for me is the Dodgers. The pick for Rick was the Dodgers. The pick for Alex is. Oh, I hate you. You guys know when two people pick one, I want to take the other side, get that leverage. But here, I got to go with the Dodgers as well. I know it's kind of boring, but going with the Dodgers, it's an exciting series. This is two of the top heavyweight teams. What I'm excited about, and the Dodgers showed this with the Padres, they are the top dog until you can prove you can do something against them. And it doesn't matter what injuries happen. doesn't matter who's out there. doesn't matter who's pitching. The Dodgers find ways to win. For that reason, I'm sticking with the Dodgers. will be interesting. If Mets take two or three, or a quick sweep? I don't know. People might start looking at the playoffs a little bit differently. This is where these series are kind of prove it series. Get ready for the playoffs. Get the vibes going. But I'm taking the Dodgers. Yes. Okay. All right. The boys are hopping on the Dodgers bandwagon this week. Good pick from Rick. Um, moving on, moving on. Here we go. Here we go. I got the Yankees versus the Rays on Sunday. It's a day game. I think a 1240 start. It's going to be Frankie, Frankie Matas at 12.40 Central Time, by the way. Um, so that might be the Peacock game on Sunday. But it's going to be Frankie Matas versus Corey Kluber. Um, and this game is going to be, I believe, in Tampa Bay. But let me just double check that. And it will be in Tampa Bay. Um, Kluber is 9-7 and seven with a 4.21 ERA this season. And Frankie Matas is 4-10 on the year with a 3.8 Force ERA um, since retar- or since coming over to the Yankees, Montes has been shaky. Let's put it that way. Uh, he's been zero and one in four starts and has had a, an ERA of plus seven since joining the Pinstripe Yankees. Uh, so I'm taking the Rays in the start. I think Montes will continue to struggle. Uh, the Yankees have still not proven to be fully hot, or at least at the point where they want to be, the offense was silent versus Oakland this this week in the in I think a three game set against the Athletics. Um, I think they I think they had like one run in seventeen innings and and like five hits in seventeen innings or something even less than that uh, versus basically the worst team in baseball. So. Um, We'll see what the Yankees are able to do, but I, I think uh, a very hot 7-3 and three Tampa team in their last 10 is, is going to pull this one out. Yeah, again, got to follow with you on this. Uh, I want to take different picks from you so I can close this gap, but the reality is the Yankees are struggling right now. They've stabled the ship a little bit. Getting Giancarlo back is obviously huge. That is a huge bat. Anytime you can add that. Judge just hit another homer. That's what he does, but they're still losing to the Angels which is bad, obviously. And, you know, just the Rays continue to find ways to win. Continue to have a good offense and good pitching with either, like, seemingly washed-up old players or just underrated role players who they find. And, I don't know, they just do this. We know what the Rays are. I feel like we've become numb to it. Um, but I'm, I'm going with the Rays as well. Not, not sold on Montas. Did not like the trade when it happened. Hasn't proven to be great so far, so, yep, taking the race as well. 
nice, nice, nice. Our uh, third contestant, Rick, actually went against us and took the Yankees. Um, so we finally found someone that's not uh, choosing to be a follower. He's decided to be a leader. He is taking the Yankees in this one. Um, so that, I will turn the, it over to you. Finish us off for the week. Who's your pick? All right. I have in – first off, the first two picks, great series. These are prove-it series for the playoffs. This last one is kind of a prove-it series for the playoffs, but also has significant playoff implications in terms of making it. And I have the Orioles visiting the Cleveland Guardians. we got Tristan McKenzie on the mound against Jordan Lyles. Tristan McKenzie obviously is the, the premier starter in this matchup. Incredibly fun to watch. I encourage you to watch Tristan McKenzie if you haven't watched him yet. The length, the curveball, everything. It's just, it, he's a really fun pitcher to watch. Obviously, these are two teams, Guardians, leading the AL Central right now. Orioles fi- fighting for that last AL wildcard spot. The vibes are good with both these teams. Interested to see how it plays out. The O's have a pretty dominant bullpen. I think that could make the difference in this one if they get a lead. I think they just have so much gas out of that bullpen. It won't be fun to play against, but they are on the road. They don't have their massive outfield to defend. Um, yeah, but I'm, I'm going with the O's here. This is partially a biased pick because I have my last ounce of hope that the Guardians maybe get cold and the White Sox sneak in at 500 to win the division or something. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm taking the O's here. Jordan Lyles have an average start, but O's get to McKenzie and shut it down with the pen. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, I can tell you Rick is, is, is backing you on this one. He's also taking the O's um, for your pick this week. But I'm not. I'm taking Cleveland. You know why? Because I think Tristan, Guardian, uh, Tristan McKenzie is going to shut down the Orioles. Um, it at Progressive Field. I think Andres Jimenez is continuing to show why he is the best rising second baseman in the MLB this season. Um, Jose Ramirez is going to continue to be the beast he is. I think he's going to score a few runs for the Guardians, at least drive in a few. Um, and I've got the Guardians beating John Lyles, a guy who's 99, almost an ERA of, of five, just short of it, at 445. Um, and I, like I said, I just I like I like what I've seen out of McKenzie since the All Star break. It's it's been really, really, really positive stuff. Uh, so that's what I've got. I think uh, if you've got anything else you want to add to to that matchup, or are you thinking you're good? No, I'm good. Go O's, baby. Go O's, and and it's not that I don't think, uh, or not that I don't want those to win. I'm just I, I'm being realistic at this point. I think the Sox are out. Um, I'm gonna pick and and choose my around the horn. Um, if it, if the socks matter, if the socks implications are affected, it doesn't matter to me at this point. Uh, I'm I'm looking for a chip. I'm looking for for the around the horn chip for the inaugural season. Yeah, so I get it. I get um, it. Being safe. With with that being safe. With that being said, uh, that closes around the horn for this week. Thank you, Rick. Thank you, Crack One Media. Uh, check out the blogs, the other podcasts, uh, Big League Chicago, Only Football, Three Up, Three Down, as as we are here uh, today. And, um, yeah, so that, that kind of wraps up this week's segments in terms of some topics we wanted to cover before we let you guys go. Uh, we wanted to talk about the Dodgers. We wanted to talk about the Dodgers because another pitcher was added to the IL. It's a 15-day IL stint. 
for Tony Goslin as he was um, reported with a strain in his, I believe, his throwing up forearm. Um, this is on top of the news, I think, of two weeks ago that Walker Bueller was announced that he was done for the season, I think, getting Tommy John surgery. Uh, Clayton Kershaw has been on the shelf, but as Alex hinted recently, um, that he could be back as soon as Thursday. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Um, should make things interesting. If not, you would expect him to pitch this week, if not by the weekend. Um, so that is exciting stuff for the Dodgers. But you do have to ask, is uh, is losing Goslin, who I think was 15 or 16-1 and one at the point, um, and Walker Bueller a big, big factor for a team that relied heavily on Bueller in that World Series run. Um, with, you know, yes, you have Kershaw been banged up this year. I still don't think he's, you know, that that Kershaw when they won the World Series, that Kershaw he's been, you know, he's a little bit older. There's a little bit more mileage on that on that pitching arm. So we'll see what happens there. Um, we'll see. I think that will be the biggest question mark from the Dodgers at this postseason is is their starting rotation uh, enough to carry them through teams like the Mets um, or uh, potentially the Braves because the Braves are looking to be you know that second uh, um, wild card spot so that that would be that they would face uh, potentially the Dodgers in that second round which would be another rematch of of the NLCS of, of last season so that would be exciting um, but uh, uh, yeah no I think uh, it begs the question: What do you? What can you expect from from Dodgers pitching, given the um, the rest of the way? Yeah, uh, you can expect elite level pitching. I think the Gonsolin injury is fake. I think he might have a little bit of a sore arm, but this is a guy who's a reliever. He's pitched fifty innings the last three years. He's up to one hundred thirty now. They have that division locked up. Why not give a little break? Let him let him rest that arm. Get him back in the playoffs. I would be shocked if he's not back at the beginning of the playoffs. You have Kershaw coming back. He's obviously always an injury risk at this point, but uh, he's going to be back. You hope for the best there. Julio Urias, looking like an ace. And then Tyler Anderson, another great pitcher. I I will say the Walker Bueller injury hurts. Uh, I think, obviously, when you look at, like, teams... When you look at a team's blueprint to winning games in the playoffs, and they're going to have to most likely be going up against... To Grom and Scherzer, right in a one-two punch, you're looking for elite caliber aces, and Walker Buehler has shown at times that he can be one of those top of the rotation guys. Now Gonsolin has had that upside this year. Urias has had that, and improved it last year in the playoffs too. But you look at the Dodgers' rotation, and the performance seems to be better than like the actual talent. And I know that's probably unfair to these guys; it certainly is. But they don't seem to have two aces of the, I don't think anybody does, but two ace, ace caliber pitchers. Now watch what will happen. Urias and Kershaw will come out game one and two and shove. And we're going to sit there being like, of course, they just know how to get more talent out of these guys. Or maybe they just unlock more talent that was always there. I wouldn't be too concerned. These guys have been injured all year. They know how to pitch. Dustin May, I forgot to mention him. Dustin May is a ace caliber talent if he is firing on all cylinders don't be surprised if he's starting game two maybe game three but i, I don't know I, I think they have like seven or eight starters on the roster injured or not that can be playoff starters so yeah tough to see guys go down but I, again i think this is more of a maintenance thing as opposed to like a severe injury 
hopefully you're right, at least for the Dodgers' sake, um, as they look to make another run in the NL and into the playoffs as they chase another World Series ring. Uh, so before we close out this week's episode, I wanted to ask you this question, and I think the viewers will be interested, at least the Sox viewers. Is TLR, the hiring of TLR two seasons ago at this point, the worst managerial hiring of at least our lifetime? I would have to say yes at this point. Given his age, given <laughs> given the product that we've seen this year, yes, people say, oh, he battled through the injuries, he kept this team afloat through the month of August um, at 500. And, you know, yes, maybe so. Um, I beg to differ. I mean, as, as someone who's on Twitter, you see the pictures of him falling asleep, as proven by the NBC crew, that is the, the White Sox, um, TV broadcasters. Uh, and they, you know, they caught him sleeping uh, at the helm. Uh, you've seen questionable situations where he's walked runners um, intentionally on one-two counts, and uh, it's just been a ton of shady shit. And, and it, you've clearly seen that this team has not performed uh, to their expectations. I think you see that definitely stats-wise, but on the field as well, and definitely defensively, the team has has not looked good at all. Mistakes everywhere. You know, as you hinted to earlier in the icy hot, um, they were able to almost beat the Orioles until Adam Engel was was dropped the final out of, of what should have been the final out of that game. Um, but that that kind of seemed to be the the theme of the season. You know, it, you could have closed out the game; it was in your hands, it was in your grasp, but you dropped the ball, and, and that's what it seemed to be. Uh, from Tony Larusa, yes, they made the playoffs here last year. Yes, they won the AL Central, but they did it in a year where Cleveland wasn't competitive, the Twins weren't competitive, uh, the the division wasn't competitive. It was a different schedule, uh, so I, I, I take a lot of that credit away from Tony Larusa, as you saw the expectations with Ricky Renteria, his uh, the person he replaced. Uh, he was fired after his first season and first exit in the playoffs. Um, given the fact that the team should be competing for a World Series, you would think ownership would expect to um, transition Tony out of the managerial spot at the end of the season once this team does not make the playoffs. Um, but it, I, it's just got to be the biggest flop of a managerial hire, at least in my lifetime, in my opinion. And yes, I know the guy's a Hall of Famer, Hall of Famer manager. Doesn't matter in my eyes. The guy has been brutal for the White Sox. Yeah. Uh... I will say a couple things to preface this. Uh, looking like right now, I think he may be one of the worst manager hires of all time. Maybe the worst, given what's going on this year. Now, I think there's still a decent chance he's back next year. I hope not, but uh, there is a decent chance. I mean, the fact that he's still here now shows that there's a decent chance that he's back next year. And if he goes around, makes a playoff, makes a run, we could be talking about a very different thing, as unlikely as I think we both and the whole MLB community thinks that probably won't happen in the Russa. And the second thing, he has had a tough time. Uh, the roster construction has been awful, and there's been a ton of injuries. We're talking about Aloy Jimenez just has not been out there. He's one of the best bats on the team. You have Yohan Moncada's gone down. Yasmani's gone. I mean, just like you look around the whole roster, there have been injuries everywhere, and that's something he can't control. There are, there are measures I think a training staff can make, and I, I don't think the White Sox have had good training staff for a multitude of reasons. But he hasn't had the roster 
that he would have hoped. That being said, he's had an elite roster the whole time there, even with the injuries. Uh, there's been a lot of good players on the field. The reason I think this is probably the worst manager hire of all time is, is, is a couple of reasons. But the first one, and this is where you just understand, is a dysfunctional organization. Jerry Reinsdorf is his friend. La Russa was 10 years out of baseball. And I'm not saying an old manager can't succeed, but he was out of the loop in terms of what was going on. I'm sure he followed baseball, but like, and I know he was in organizations helping. He was not evolving. And I think it's tougher for an older manager, especially with the pedigree of a Hall of Famer, to adjust because they know that what they have done in the past has worked. So they have a little bit of, I don't know, an arrogance or confidence in their plan. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. That's just the fact of who he is. Like, he thinks his way will get it done. But he was hired because Jerry Reinsdorf regretted firing him 40 years ago. That's awful logic. That's not how you That's not how you hire people. That's not how you put your team in the best position to win, by making a reactionary decision 40 years after the fact. He's not the same guy that he was back then. Baseball's not the same sport it was back then. So that's that's a huge issue. Then I think you just look around the roster and there's, there's – I don't know. There's questionable strategic decisions. Obviously, he's been walking guys on one-two counts this year. Like, I think he's done it three times, and he didn't do it at all last year, so I don't know if that was, like... He mentioned in the trade turn, he's like, trade turn is a better two-strike hitter than Muncie is. And that was true if you took, like, trade turner's statistics from this year and Muncie's career statistics. So it was, like, very cherry-picked analytics, which is obviously not a good process. But the big issue I have, and it, it's less about the strategic thing. I don't think managers kill the strategic thing too much until the playoffs. There are questionable choices, like obviously, notably like the Blake Snell being pulled, but that's one of the most analytically advanced and well-managed teams in baseball that did that. So it's hard to know. I mean, you can always hate on a postseason manager because of how things turn out. What I have an issue with it, this team has been drained of all its life. Virtually every hitter has regressed, without, like, with the exception of like Jose Abreu. Jose Abreu has been solid throughout. Every hitter's regressed, and they don't hit for power anymore. And it just doesn't seem like there's, I don't know, progression with a lot of these young players who are expected to be star players at this point. You look at Luis Robert, he's not a Julio Rodriguez. He's not a Ronald Acuna, and that's what he was on pace to be. What happened there? Yes, there's injuries, but why is he not hitting like some of these other good young talents? Who knows? Aloy Jimenez was supposed to be hitting 30 to 40 homers a year by now. He's been injured a lot, yeah, but his power numbers just aren't there on a per-game basis either. Yohan Moncada went from one of the rising stars at third base to one of the worst-hitting third basemen in the league. So you just look around the roster, and you're like, wow, there's a ton of regression under the La Russa era. That's a huge issue. And then when you watch the games every day, there's no life on this team. The team, like, when we were winning, yeah, we were happy. But it's not like there was the life under Renteria. And I understand Renteria had flaws. I get it. We wanted, I wanted Renteria fired. Uh, but there was life. We would come back in games. We had, the people were dancing in the dugout. There was, there was fun things happening. I don't see that on La Russa. Obviously, like, the notable, notorious moment from last year with him essentially, like, I don't know, attacking Yerman Mercedes for hitting a homer at the end of a game. Just kind of, I don't know, it kind of proved the point of what this team would be like. We don't hit home runs this year. 
it doesn't seem like the players are having fun. The team doesn't hustle. The team doesn't play clean baseball. There's nothing really that goes right with this. And yes, the players need to take accountability too. General manager, front office needs to take accountability. But I would just love to see some life from Larissa. I would love to see him run out of the dugout after a bad strike call and yell at an umpire. Get people going. Uh, he's got some young hitters. I remember one moment this year we were slumping, and Luis Robert took ball four on a 3-2 pitch, and it was a great take. Umpire rang him up, and it was a ball. It was clearly a ball. If I'm a manager there, I reward my player by going out there and saying, look, umpire, you fucked up there, and you're costing my young player a big at-bat for him because he's trying not to chase, and if you punish him for that, that's not okay. And if a young player sees that, they know that they made the right choice, and that's a habit that's getting reinforced. I just don't think he's in the game a lot of the time. He makes just, I don't know. I, I, I just really don't like his decision-making process. I don't like the way he manages things, and that's fine. I get it. He's a Hall of Famer, but where is the life? Where is the team behind this guy? I just don't see it, and I, I, I think that that's just obvious. I don't think another team, no other team would have hired him. No other team would have kept him this long. It's a joke. It is what it is. Uh, hopefully he's gone at the end of this year. There's no reason he should be back. All right, I'm right there with you, brother. And uh, given the fact that, yes, as controversial as he is, A.J. Hinch, who looks to be a great hire for Detroit, um, and others were on the market given uh, when they hired Tony, uh, it makes it more questionable. I believe there's one more year in his contract with maybe a team option for a second. I, I'm not totally sure about that term, but... Um, it, it's just, it's awful. And it sucks to see, um, as we saw recently, Luis Robert barely able to swing, swing with one hand in the ninth inning as they were down a run um, or two runs. I can't remember what the situation was, but um, he felt like the kid loves baseball. He need, he wanted to be out there. He said he was fine to play. I mean, even so, you know, if you watch that first pitch of the at-bat, um, it, was, it was all bad. It's all been bad. Uh, and with that, not... with that, there just doesn't seem to be a process because this team, we have rested players all year on the premise of load management. The training staff says he's got sore legs. He's got to sit two days in a row. That's been La Russa all year. Then you have two of our best young players, two young superstars in the making, who are clearly injured, and they play. So where is, where is the process that goes into that? Because if you're changing the process every day, I don't know how you can expect to have success. It's just it's 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 infuriating to see a guy with no with no logic managing this team or no sound logic, no consistent logic. And then he gets on the post game interview and mumbles, and he's like, "Why would you even ask that? Of course I would do this." It's a joke. Luis Robert after that game apparently was iced up fully in like clearly invisible pain after the game. What is going on with this team? Like that's just like, are you out of touch with what's going on? Do you not see that he's injured? Are you watching the game? It, it, it's 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 horrible. The rest of the league laughs at this team. Everyone, except for a small group of people, said, or is saying right now, I told you so. Why would you do this move? And it, it was predictable. This, this, is, this was the likely outcome with how this would go. And now we're sitting here talking about it as if maybe we should be surprised. No. This is what was going to happen. <laughs> yep. Yep. Well, uh, uh, your spectacle from the beginning, as soon as you heard the name, I thought maybe, maybe it could be a good thing, but uh, no, it, it, it's been a bad thing. Um, oh, I'm, I'm ready for the season to be over in White Sox terms. I'm excited for playoffs. I'm excited for this last season, uh, last month of the season with all these races going on. should be exciting to see. Can the Twins catch the Guardians? They're half a game, or a game and a half out. 
Uh, wild card spots are still up for grabs. The Brewers are a game and a half behind the Padres. Um, as the Padres kind of tread water, it, it's going to be exciting stuff. Definitely tune in. We'll be back next week to give you another episode. Appreciate you guys listening. Go give Alex a follow at Northside underscore Socks. Um, and I think I got it right this time. He's giving, he's shaking his head. So no, you did, you um, did, you Perfect. Uh, love to see that. And Alex is definitely um, down to rant more about t- Tony Larusa, more about White Sox baseball, more about baseball in general. So definitely reach out to him on Twitter. Follow me at Siffyman on Twitter. Check out Crackwood Media's other podcasts, Big League Chicago's. Yes, I'm on that one. Um, but also only football, our football podcast, as we gear up with fantasy football drafts this week, next week, with the football season starting into uh, the 8th, I believe. Um, things are heating up in that terms, so definitely check out all our podcasts. Check out the blogs. Thanks for tuning in. Um, Alex, you got anything else? Oh, man. I mean, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. Definitely go check out Crackman Media. I know I, I'll listen to the podcast every once in a while when I have time, but a big thing I love is, like, the Instagram has great clips, so I get to I get to kind of tune in on a weekly basis, even if I can't get the full thing in on time. Um, yeah, it's a it's a good channel, a lot of good podcasts. So definitely go go follow. Spot on, spot on. Definitely a great way to catch. Uh, if you if you don't have the time to sit and watch the whole episodes, go follow us on the Instagram page at Crack One Media. So good little uh, clip there, and we also have a YouTube page, Crack One Media. So. Uh, you can find our video forms of this podcast there as well. Otherwise, always a pleasure. I love talking to you. We'll see you next week. Uh, hopefully things are better on the south side. I doubt it, but nonetheless, uh, have a good week and talk soon. See you, man. Yankees hey, lose. <laughs> Hits it in the air to right. Back at the wall. And the White Sox win it. Stretch. Get on back there. They look up. You can put it on the board. Yes. Yes.